0: Making good use of uh, this extended period together. <laughs> now, qualifications of a re- retreat centre—it's somewhere where you you don't go in, you don't do all your old stuff, really, um, or you know your most obvious old stuff. What we might call our kind of normal daily life activities are, in some ways, suspended, or or checked, or contemplated. So, you see, in a way, through that, you you begin to reveal some of the more fundamental patterns that go on, such as you know restlessness or depressions or. Um, Attitudes, nervousness, and so forth, kind of coming up in waves and subsiding. Uh, sometimes you can get quite intense. Mm. The advantage of re- retreat is a safe place where you can just let these waves wash over, and, and uh, the more you can uh, come out of reacting. Uh, you know, losing presence, uh, 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 you know, jamming, suppressing, reacting, spinning out. The more you can just kind of be spread your awareness over that, um, then these uh, way in which these waves lose some of their their power and intensity. So you begin to uh, be able to clear, or bait, or allow these waves to to die down, subside. And also, you get some insight into into how how they get formed, mm. which is the most important thing, the most crucial thing is the insight into how you know, these afflictive patterns arise, what they're based upon, which we might not, not normally see. Mm. So, release is in terms of. Uh, uh, energy and in terms of view, release in terms of energy, by this I mean you get symptomatic release, in other words you don't feel so um, jangled, you don't feel so thrown around, you don't feel so pressed, you don't feel so spun out, you know, you're know, you finding a place where you feel a bit more calm, steady and settled, that's energetic release, it means your, your energies are not bound up in these symptomatic patterns. You know, being busy being one's daily life stuff uh, and that can just be in retreat center and just breathing in breathing out and letting some of these symptomatic things um, subside takes a few days uh, at least huh. <laughs> any day now <laughs> <laughs> But in in actually, there's something to be uh, gleaned from that view, because as they subside, you begin to see or realise in the subsiding, you know, uh, the the compulsions that that have got one sort of involved with all that. You know, so the busyness of our lives, the you know, the way one gets kind of made so so busy, and uh, you know, when some of that calms down. It's all about, you know, having programming in terms of assumed needs. We ought to, we should, we we want to, we must. Everybody does. And where did that come from? You know, so you begin to, you know, I want to live my life, not what everybody's life, what I'm supposed to. I just want to live, live what, the way that feels best and balanced. So you get some insights into correcting aspects of behavior. Yeah. And some of these are... are uh, you know, you get the feeling it's your duty to, or you ought to, or you need to, or people want you to, or it's supposed to be that way. And it's all. The feeling could be one of, you, in a way, you're caught in something that you have no power over. It, it, the responsibility is transferred to some agency or outside yourself, so... You, you've got to, you should, everybody wants you to, it must be done, and so forth, rather than, well, what do I want? <laughs> what do I need? <laughs> you know? so, so this is uh, quite a, a common piece of the the, the the puzzle, being able to check, actually, what really is, where does my integrity really lie? Mm. Not just kind of what, what what's my most immediate... Um, wish-fulfillment. Where does really integrity, my integrity lie? What, what is really authentic um, to, way to operate? That's a kind of ongoing question. That you, you know, when, when you let some of the functioning subside, it gives you a chance to review that. And you get some release through that insight, through view. You see what I mean? You get release from the Symptomatic effects. Then you get released because from view, because you begin to check some of the views that get established about what you should and what everybody's supposed to and why it's supposed to be and what they need and you want and so forth. And you wait a minute. How much of this is actually valid and uh, can be carried through with integrity and authenticity? Well, no, that's not mine anymore. You know, it might have been working ten years ago, or but it's not valid anymore, or it never was valid. In the first place, and so some sense of being able to realign real- one's uh, one's life. This is, I think, the you know the importance of, of retreats, just on this level, you know, just the chance to come out of gear and check where you're, the drive where you're going. Twofold, and that, it's a twofold quality there. First, it's the samatha which is the calming, or release of energy, calming, spaciousness, relaxing, and so forth. And the second is release by insight, release by reviewing the uh, conditions and causes that uh, begin to be revealed. Mm. And reviewing them. Now, this process can go can go a lot further. Mm. Yeah. Because the, the patterning... That we experience ourselves in is is several layers to it. You see, so that what I've been talking about, we might say, is very much the the um, surface layer, our 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 um, you know daily life routines and um, so forth. It's very much how we are in a context. So when the context shifts, you get a chance to review it. Then, as you practice meditation, there's a chance to go deeper into that, into some of the more we might say more primary patterning, which is, uh, you know, becomes more apparent. My, my the feeling or the sense of, uh, you know, desire, needing to get somewhere, needing to be something, needing to have something, uh, or mistrust. Sense that things aren't okay, fundamentally aren't okay, uh, and you begin to check some of this out because it's it's so patterned in that by and large we don't check it because it just it's so true. So the, this patterning sankara, the way it operates, the Buddha described it is uh, avijja, pachaya, sankara, sankara, pachaya, vijnana vijnana pachaya, nama-rupa. Which, to to try to tease at the meaning of that, is because of this loss of presence, loss of truth, loss of actuality, loss of of, of real uh, peaceful reality, if you might say. You know, when you're steady and there's no drives, you're not being pushed around. When you just at peace, which may be momentary or something we've rarely ever experienced. Mm. But because of that, there is this kind of energies that are driving or holding back or pushing or expecting or shielding. You know, we've got this, this is the primary disturbance. And the consciousness is based on that. So the consciousness gets its mes- messages from that, saying, uh, go out and get it. Um, go out and make it. Um, go out and hit it. Go out and um, you know. Or get back. Get back. Look out. Watch out. You know. So you're getting this kind of seesaw effect. Uh, the consciousness is in the in the consciousness, which is both um, emotional, well, emotional and bodily. You know, you can have quite withdrawn bodily patterning. You know, something in you're always trying to be a bit smaller, or you can feel yourself shrinking. Uh, and or sometimes something seems to be always be trying to reach out to get things. You know? So, you, you, in meditation, you can begin to experience some of this patterning in a, in the bodily sense. The more you get into the body, and it's it's useful because it has less storyline to it. You feel it's just primary pushing up or very basic kind of sinking or pulling away, and there may be emotional. Resonances with that, we might feel you know depressed, anxious, nervous, inadequate, you know, which is the sinking, withdrawing mm-hmm. thing. Or we might feel um, lustful, uh, raging, something that's flaring out, yeah. Yeah. you know. It wants to make contact and have and get, or something that actually is slightly awkward or anxious about contact and is trying to pull away and not be seen and not feel. So then, dependent upon that, the consciousness, mind consciousness, and even the body consciousness gets has this patterning in it, and then you get Nama Rupa, which is essentially you and the world. <laughs> you know, this is where it gets, it's, it's, uh, the conviction comes, because what you see, what you hear, what you remember, will actually be based upon those sankharas. So you will see, you'll notice, you'll remember the things that that make you feel, you know, uh, mistrustful, nervous, anxious, uh, could go wrong. You'll you'll see that, and you'll remember that, and you'll notice it, and you'll you'll pick those signs up. Or alternatively, you know, this is talking very very basically. It's much more complex, and we all have whole ranges of these. As you get, you you you're aware of things that. I mean you've got to reach out and get and have and make it and, and so forth. Mm. So you you see those things and you hear those things and you remember those things. Those things stick and you stick there. So it becomes your world. And of course by this I don't mean planet Earth. I mean the little the world that you walk in, sit in, stand in, wake up in. You know, and it's there on your pillow when you wake up. <laughs> Yeah. So, you try to, you know, so, and it's all incredibly convincing because there's enough facts and statistics to, to back it up. You can always find a fact. The important thing is not, not to believe in facts because <laughs> 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 our mind is. Very good at generating facts. Yeah, you pick selective picking, and then you, you create well, the mind creates facts. And we always see how this is done in in media and in politics and advertising and so forth. And it, it, it's easy conviction is easy. You Just pick the right numbers and 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 so forth, and it builds up. Uh, also, there's that's that's the Rupa. Yeah, and this, and then nama is is the knowing or the the um, impressions or the subjective quality of that, and the two are are connected. One aspect of this subjective quality is is another level of sankara, which means part of that subjective experience is the impulse that gets generated in more specific detail. Yeah, so specific forms of inclination. Withdrawal, um, choice, volition, intentionality. So we get, we, chew, we that's going for us. So and so this is this, um, and then this so this continually reconditions consciousness, as you probably recognise in in meditation experience. You know, you may be sitting there, and there's nothing much on the screen, a few little things floating by, and then something comes in, blowing. Bell ring, and uh, it starts conditioning. You know, it's got it's got some it's got some uh, magnetism in it, and it catches, it snags. You know, it may be a fear pattern, or a worry pattern, or a you know, a, a desire of some kind, and in it, and then then it starts magnifying itself. It's like you get the fear pattern makes you more frightened, the worry pattern makes you you more worried. The desire pattern makes you more more desiring, so it starts to build up. Um, so that something that was just a blip on the screen becomes, you know, obsession obsession. Uh, and so, and then you get so you may have something like you know, anger or craving or some something that, of that nature, way out of proportion. And so. Your social patterning says, "Oh, this is naughty. Shouldn't be doing this. Um, stop it." <laughs> so you, get, you get, so then you get start getting the conflict between this, uh, um, you know, one level of patterning with another level of patterning, and and so you know maybe the, the the top level, the social patterning, can just with some effort kind of get the beast back under the covers again. <laughs> Whatever it is, you know. <laughs> okay. Phew. <laughs> and then on we go until until the next time when the, the lid comes off the can, as it were. So you get you can pretty busy experience meditation. And between the patterning, you know, sankharas, liberation in terms of of energy is to how do we um, you know these, how do we release some of this intensity, some of this tangle, some of this um, con- inner conflict mm-hmm. There's plenty of energy in it. Uh, is it possible that energy instead of being in a conflicting pattern could actually just unfold into something more? Supportive. Mm. Yeah. So sim- simply speaking, up to now, I've just been talking about um, you know having a point, the body, breathing in the body. You know, so you hold there's your mooring post, and then expanding awareness over over the pattern, so you can feel the um, you know the anger or the Intensity or the stress or whatever it is, yeah. You know, as a, as a presence, and just uh, instead of reacting to it from the socialized perspective, right, it's is not. It's, clearly, this is not what you wish for. This is not good. This is not good news. But that isn't going to isn't going to be that, is, that idea. Isn't going to stop it. Yeah. So to be pragmatic. Actually, that what is so uh, um, counter to our socialized responses to this stuff is instead of, well, let's close up and stop it and push it away and make it go away, is, well, let's just really open up to this one. But not open up in order to, to obsess with it and, and um, add to it and create more, but just to get some space around it. Um, feel into the textures... Feel into, until you find around whatever that pattern is there's always a basic um, stability you know? <coughs> so you come out of the lost state where you you just get into patterning and patterning and patterning and counter patterning, the awija where you lose connection, you lose presence you go into a, a social pattern, or reactive pattern or a primary pattern such as getting depressed about my anger or getting angry about my depression or Whatever it is, you know. So you get it. come out of that, which Sankara's, they they lose you. You you get lost in them. Awareness gets lost in them, and that's the fundamental root of it all: avijja, loss of clarity. And we do so. It's not loss of goodness, or it's loss of clarity, loss of seeing. So. However, we, whatever symptomatic uh, methods we do to, to make it manageable, you know, so we're reasonably comfortable, reasonably assured, reasonably steady, you know, there's enough there, symptomatic relief to get to, to can I be present with my conflict? You know, first noble truth can I be present with, my, with, that, with that conflict? And not just present in a in a sort of you know refereeing way, standing on the sidelines looking at it, but actually really spreading full awareness over that conflict, and feeling the the textures of it. And you, so in an embodied sense, you can do this. You can feel the heat, or the sinking, or the tightening, you know, the welling up. And this is a this is a you know a process to and be graduated with because there is the tendency to just go into it. You don't want to go into it, but you want to be with it. Which means if we've got a strong enough or enough, whatever that is, sense of bodily presence, you can feel the the stability, the basic stability of the of the uprightness of the body or the walking of the body or the comforting stability of the breathing in, breathing out, and you've got that as your reference, and then just being able to stay embodied, not lose it, and you feel the, the afflicted, or the distressing, or the conflicting pattern against the background of something bigger. You know? And this may even be um, you know, extending beyond the physical body into the energy body, which is larger all around you. You can't see it, but so you know, when, you, when your body really opens and relaxes, you get this sense of a kind of enlargement, a radiance of, of presence. So you can actually extend beyond the physical, purely flesh body into something rather wider and less bounded. Until you, you feel a sense of uh, okay, I'm stable, you know, stabilized, and and then that that is that is the place of where the energy is stabilized. You've got some kind of symptomatic stability, and then the view, which is you know, just a, contemplating these pattern as what it is, you know. What is it? Well, what it is is a matter of opinion, of course. We could call it. We could call it um, anger. We could call it uh, me being me being foolish. We could call it me, uh, you know, me being restless or something. Or we could call it. Or we could call it surging feeling. Mm-hmm. We could call it tightening sensation. We could call it fuzzy, swampy state. So, but what when there's full awareness, what we don't, what there isn't the naming of it as me, mine, and all that that implies. And so, this is the one might say this is the hinge point of release through view through insight is you see it as it is Mm. and whether it's you see it as a shape, a form, an energy whatever you but the main thing you you do not is that not seeing it as me, mine Mm. because a particular effect happens first of all um, anything you call me and mine, there's a particular kind of tightening around it. I don't know if you notice this, you go into somebody else's house, somebody else's house, you go into your own house, look at the curtains. Um, you know, somebody else's car gets hit, car. they don't make those Buicks very strong these days, do they? You know, your car gets hit, idiot! You know, <laughs> my lovely sedan yeah, it's, it's, it's different, isn't it? We all recognise that, and so there's there's a lot more intensity around me, mine. Where it's much more reactive. So there's, a, there's we might say you might not be really get this, but actually there's a kind of energetic tightness or tension or charge around me and mine. And you can actually kind of can feel that mm. but what is what's is probably more evident is a lot more reaction occurs around that a lot more worry fear um, need occurs around that particular naming mm. so this is how <laughs> naming conditions form you know what a thing appears as depends on how you name it and when it's named as mine it's got a lot more weight and intensity than if it's just there it is, you know. This naming is not obviously not just a verbal process, it's an emotional process of 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 holding, of clinging. Mm. It doesn't mean, you know, just to be clear about it, it doesn't mean that you you know that you can't that you're dismissing or abandoning things. that's uh, not me, not mine, just Doesn't matter. No, no, that—that's not it. It's—it's the release from clinging, not not, the—not abandoning or or dumping or or shutting off. Mm. So things, in a way, suspend. It's just there. It is. Mm. This is the beginning of the release by by view, and it it also so it definitely has an energetic result. Oh, it's just that. Oof, struggle stops. It's just that I don't have to. I don't have to whatever I'm supposed to have to <laughs> do or not do. You know. Uh, uh, so that that really is is um, the release. Is that then things start to shift and move, and it's just Im- important to keep that that quality that you one detects in the in the moment of release. Just keep that there because. Otherwise, you know, it shifts a little bit, and then, oh, that was good. I did that. That was really good. I got it. And whoops, you're in. One has got in there again. You know. Uh, So, so the Buddha said, there's one should not cling to any patterning at all. Yeah, this is his recommendation. He said, there's not a single sankara that's worth clinging to. (laughs) Doesn't mean it's you know that. As I said, that you destroy them or get rid of it, not cling to them. Then they can operate more with terms of wisdom, compassion, balance, measurement, appropriateness, rather than from some unspecified, strange compulsion that just throws them up, throws them tainting colouring your world. Mm. We can live; we could live in a free world, and it isn't going to. <laughs> the politicians aren't going to do that for us, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> An important aspect of freedom is freedom of heart. When the heart is free from um, obsessions, then its nature is uh, empathic. That's what heart sense is. It's basically an empathic quality, isn't it? It resonates. And the the empathies are uh, to do with Inclination towards well being. How is this? Does this have well being or not? That was almost the kind of first um, check. Is this well? Is this happy? Is this well? Is this bad, broken, pain or not pain? You know, so well being. Um, so, this is where the, the What's called the sublime states, mm. metta, karuna, mudita, rupaka, arise quite. The natural responses of a, an unobstructed heart. The natural responses of an unobstructed heart. Heart that isn't um, defending or or nervous or guilty or hungry. Because mm. then, when when it's it's not caught up in that, it's, it's freed to that extent where it can just do what it's supposed to do, which is feeling out uh, things in terms of their uh, health, their well-being, um, in that kind of sense. So we, we all have that. It's not something that we don't have. We can all experience um, the wish to provide nourishment of some kind. There's food, um, care, um, love, attention—something in us has that register. You know? And and when we can do that, we can do that freely. We feel, oh, I feel, this is this is the one I want to do. I want to do this. You know, this feels when I feel real. You know, I like. It. I want to do more of this stuff. <laughs> you know, because it just feels very very clean and very straight, you know, obvious. And uh, the other, this is metta. Karuna is the quality that um, um, protects. It's a, more like a... The image that sometimes used is the... Metta is the mother um, feeding the baby, and Karuna is the mother just... The ba- baby's lying asleep, the mother's keeping an eye on it to make sure it's okay. You know, so there's a little bit more space there uh, and the sense is more of surveillance in a in a may no harm come here. Mm. Obviously, they they are have a lot of similarities. Mudita, the appreciative joy, which is we can just rejoice. Sometimes we forget this one. Uh, we can just enjoy, appreciate the quality of things, celebrate, enjoyment, appreciation of the of the goodness. The image here is of the of the parent seeing their child grow up strong, no. and well. Oh, that's good. I feel you know. In other words, it's the other, the goodness of the other that one feels pleased by. That's very connected, isn't it? Uh, and Upeka is as you probably if you've been a parent you recognise this, this stage is when the they were between about the age of 16 and 25, thinking, oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you know, and you go through this, and then you think, well, it's just doing what it has to do, I guess. <laughs> 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 but you still have a sense of, of some, you know, connection and concern, but you realise, well, the person has to do their own learning <laughs> and go through the ups and downs. But it doesn't mean you're, you're indifferent it means you you have a sense of an emotional spaciousness to allow that and uh, you know you, you still have a sense of care, but you're giving them the space to to be what they have to be. Um, ups and downs, karma working itself out. And you know I would imagine parents, and I suppose I experienced something to a certain extent something similar in 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 uh, teaching and training um, people in the holy life you know, recognize you should, you've, got to, you've got to step back and let them do what they have to even though, you know because <laughs> it's, it's you can't protect and you can't um, you can't stop them getting hurt and you can't stop them making mistakes and you shouldn't because it's in a way you, you infantilize people you know. But at the same time, it's not well who gives a damn, but a sense of you know I feel that and uh, but i'm I'm prepared to feel some of the the concerns and and not expect you to to dispel them for me. <laughs> so it's a very generous uh, spaciousness of what we pick up. and we we all have those registers in, in our in our hearts, and uh, naturally uh wait they get. Uh, confused, so meta becomes a source of can it get, can it, when it's not uh, when it's that register is not clarified, is not clear, it's not full awareness. Then projection happens, which means that that um, rather than the, the meta is, is, the, is the sense of love becomes uh, attachment, holding on somewhere or another. You know, w- and uh, compassion becomes worry, worry and uh, n- and sorrow. Mm. And mudita, uh, appreciative joy, becomes a kind of um, naive giddiness, you know. And uh, upeka equanimity, turns to indifference. So these are called the near uh, enemies. No, the far enemies. And the near enemies are obviously. Meta the near enemy the far, the near enemy of this is um, ill will you know it's an immediate opposite, but you also have these more subtle distortions where the loving kindness becomes a sense of holding on mm. yeah, so I think it's important to sense some of the delicacy of this these qualities you know the, the refinement of them because we can get, you know, ideological about them. Like we should be compassionate, definitely. We should be loving, definitely. Uh, it would be nice to be appreciative, and well, I don't know about equanimity. But you know, they they get ideological basis, and then we can actually start to try to produce them. And whenever we try to produce them, we we well, not whenever, but it may be the case that when we when we try to produce these, we go to our secondary patterning, a social patterning, which we start to be nice to people because yeah. we should be nice to people which is better than I should be nasty to people <laughs> I guess you know but <laughs> you see what I mean, so that instead of that just coming from a place of you know, clarity and connection it comes from a place of this is what I'm supposed to be Yeah. Um, so it's it's coming from the more the socialised, conditioned perspective than something that's more innate. Yeah. So so it, so you, you, you begin to, one begins to the um, the wolf in sheep's clothing if you see what I mean. Compassion becomes a sense of sorrow and worry, and nervousness. You know everything's mistrust. See what I mean? Um, so, and the telltale sign of these is that when we, when it's coming from those places, there's always a sense of some agitation with that. So, you, one of the telltale signs of, of the distorted sankharas is they're accomplished by agitation, tension, stress, and dukkha. So, when those subside. So, the Buddha certainly manifested and advocated these qualities. But the Buddha wasn't kind of rushing around, going, Oh, I've got to help people, make sure it all works, and you know, the world's going to fall apart without me. (laughs) You know, so it wasn't coming from like, I'm supposed to be a Buddha, and Buddhas are supposed to be good, good," you know, (laughs) and nice to people. You know, when you read the Buddhist Tudas, sometimes the Buddha wasn't very nice to people at all, actually. <laughs> On a one level, you know, misguided man, have I not told you? You give people a real trouncing. Um, one would hope that <laughs> it was not coming from a place of hatred so much as just, you know, this needs, this needs to be firmly, clearly pointed out, you know. Uh, and you didn't get it the first time, so look, you know, get with this, yeah. <laughs> 'Cause if you've taken me, you know, as your teacher, then it's up to me you know, you've asking me to point this out, so I will. You know. um, so that that can be that kind of sense of on a social level, pretty firm, even quite cool, um, you know, from what might say the social patterning is not lovey dovey or flowers and roses. But the primary patterning is: this is for your welfare. Yeah, you know, the heart extending. This is for your welfare. The Ktāntāgata teaches for the welfare of beings. Um, and some lovely things, you know, that talk of the Buddha's uh, compassion and love in uh, very, very straight, unsentimental ways. You know. um, no, I remember very simple things, like him' saying,, um, yeah, "If this path were to cause you suffering and pain, I wouldn't teach it to you, but because it takes you to happiness and joy, I teach it to you. Yeah. If you couldn't do this practice, I wouldn't teach it to you. Because you can do this practice, I teach it to you." There's a real sense of, you know, I know this is tough, but it's really, you can do this. You can do this. You have the capacities to do this. You're a human being. Don't believe in those secondary, you know, patterns of personality. You've got you've got the requisites there, um, and it's up to each of us to kind of trawl down. Yeah, to my mind, it is a kind of descent through the through the layers and layers to something very primary, which which almost. Speaks for itself. That, yes, this is what I am. This is what this is truth. This is this is right. And it's whether anybody else gets it or not. That's their issue. But this is where I, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not socializing. I mean, in other words, it's not. I want everybody to believe this, be convinced by it. You know, I want to have a thousand disciples and create a new world religion. So, when you, you know, sometimes religions are like that, aren't they? They survive by just convinc- con- continually convincing themselves of how right they are. And if you've got to go around doing that, <laughs> you know, where, where's the conviction? So, in the Buddha's equanimity, when he was saying, Well, this uh, I've done what I can, and uh, some people get this, some people don't. I have truly done all I can. And definitely some people do not get this. <laughs> and eventually it will all fade out. And that's, that's the way it is. And then it will disappear and then another great teacher will have to arise and clear it again. So a sense of equanimity. I wasn't trying to make something last forever. Or everybody's going to get it because that's that's the that's the socialized patterning isn't it where one feels conviction because of you know other people or events or institutions or you know something outside rather than conviction because you know the sense of this is true because there's no forcing it, this is true because I'm not pushing it. This is true it stands up by itself that's the mark of truth mm. it has no requirements it doesn't demand um, um, you know, to be believed in <laughs> so when we cultivate the quality of just innate uh, well-being uh, ki- innate kindness Not because of, not because of anybody deserving it. It's one of the most uh, crippling words in the language: "deserve." (laughs) It's it's uh, the because when there's no attachment to the form, behaviours, relationships. You know, with other other beings or oneself, then freed from that, the heart naturally sees or experiences the lovable. Mm. Things are just like this, isn't that amazing? Isn't that beautiful? You know, things he's, he's just like that. You know, that, that is just that. And there's a sense of there's only ever one of those. Isn't that something you kind of you feel yourself uh, uh, warmed by? so it's this, this sense of or non-self actually is able to release the obstacles that make our lovingness, our heartfulness confused uncertain you know, reaching out, uh, uncertain, awkward, embarrassed, uh, wanting—you uh, know—that kind of qualities that, that the heart is trying to express itself, and it can't find a way to do it because of this this patterning getting in the way. So we release from internally self, externally self. You know, then. We can experience something more heartful. Because it's actually a moment at a time. Who we are is shifting, flickering, and shimmering a moment at a time. The patterning locks into certain attributes like you know, so we we, we see people according to particular things that stick for us you know you f- see the, the the things you dislike or the things that one finds unacceptable or the things one finds attractive so there's a locking and you, one doesn't see the whole or experience the whole f- kind of flow from you know the person sort of tired grumpy sleepy happy joyful enjoying themselves sick pleasant doing good things making a mistake the whole bit when we consider what we are you know the whole range of it, and how much of that can we be open to in ourselves you know, without some cringing or twitching or uh, <laughs> covering or justifying or you know trying to amplify so the, the first thing we we generate is the sense of towards this being to open it you know to let the light shine on that. So the bottom line is no movement into aversion, no movement into judgment, no movement into blame, no movement into adulation, no movement into um, you know hardening up, this is me, this is mine, this is what I am. We relax that movement, we relinquish that movement, we work with that, and instead of being... Therefore, lost because we're not saying who we are, we're, we're found. That's the interesting thing. When you stop that reaction that keeps telling you who you are or what you should be, there's a sense of ah, you know, you come home to a deeper sense. Because the avidya, sankara, stops or checks or is is checked or loosens, and what remains is presence, um, awareness, um, intelligence, if you like, sensitivity, um, some, something that's you know it's there there it is um, so it's not a loss of being that occurs with non-self it's actually. A return to presence. When we come into self, there's actually a loss. The closer and harder and more defined and more formed we hold ourselves to be, that's a measure of how much is lost. I know exactly who I am you know I want to know exactly who I am i'm in trouble eventually because <laughs> either I'm totally convinced by what I am and everybody else is you know so I can blunder around you know because I'm completely this and you know so you can get the sense of overconfidence insensitivity or the negative you know and now I'm a mess you get the opposite these two as i say these two movements of the patterning one is a kind of you know swelling inflating moving out the others are retracting and there may be you know mood swings with that along with that but when we don't know who we are that that doesn't mean we're in a state of kind of confusion or fogginess but there's a lucid bright unknowing of, of not forming not not configuring and there's a sense of the heart is agile, sensitive, responsive to immediate circumstances, immediate input. It's not got a program. It's not got an ideology. Uh, the thinking mind can come in and operate rather than just be you know, jamming and blathering away. Uh, and so it can steer, which is what it's supposed to do. And there's a sense of um, presence, embodiment which is not a matter of flesh and bones, it's a matter of uh, there's a place, you know, there's a groundedness. So, again, the embodied mind is not, I don't mean the flesh and blood body, I mean something that is often accessed through penetrating the experience of the flesh and blood body. But it is not the body, it's the embodied mind, and that's where we feel at home, ground, Steady, nothing to defend, nothing to prove. There's that quality, inner strength, is what you get from embodiment. So so there's, there's a liberation of energy, because energy is not all used up in making and proving and holding and defending. Uh, so it becomes radiant, uh, lucid, uh, and so on. And there's a liberation from view in that the, the view of um, self is uh, not being engaged in. It doesn't doesn't take over. It's not mani- not manifesting at a pri- at a very primary level. Yeah. So obviously uh, we might say at a secondary socialised level. Still, yeah. This is me. It's my picture in a passport. This is who I am. My name's on the washing up rotor. You can't say. You know, there's no self to do the washing up. That's, that's cheating. <laughs> 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 so when we try to interpret it at that level, it just seems like mumbo-jumbo. Like, what do you mean there's no self? Who's this? Because uh, we're operating a level where there's a relative manifestation of a you know, form, person, and so forth. So, but, so the anatta really refers to the deep, a deeper layer where the actions are not held. Uh, it doesn't mean there's no action. The uh, senses are not held. Doesn't mean there's no senses. There isn't the dog chasing its tail experience. of Am I doing all right? As is, you know, what what am I supposed to? Do? Am I, you know, that kind that kind of thing going on? It's it's peaceful. And we may uh, experience dropping into this because one of the senses that some of you. I've heard point to or, re- or acknowledge is that there are moments when it's just very restful yeah. when there's a sense of not doing you know? mm. there's, no, there's no sense of doing this is sankhara stop, dropping You know, at some level or another somewhere or another that, that sense and this doesn't mean that the practice doesn't involve doing But the the Buddha's teaching is karma, action, and the end of it. So there is, there are actions that we do. Some of them are applying our efforts, applying our will, applying our attention, spreading awareness, checking habits. You know, definitely there's a doing, and how you feel comfortable with that. The end result of that is this: oh, things just there's no doing. You know, it empties. It and so. Things are kind of floating, or there's a sense of deep peace, the ending of karma. And, you know, I think with this you've got to recognize that when the Buddha talks of liberation, it isn't like, there you are, 100% ignorant, and suddenly, wham, bam, flash, 100% awakened. Yeah, it's all over. Cessation. It's like, here you are, kind of stumbling along, you know, some good days, some not so good days, some really bad days, Quite, you know, in a sort of Going from your fifty percent ignorant down up to seventy percent ignorant, back to forty, good day down to twenty, shifting, you know, in, in the degrees of intensity of it, uh, and then there's say, you know, like meditation, a minute, when it's gone down to one, two percent, oh, it doesn't last long, maybe, but hey, there's that, isn't it? You remember that? It's, acknowledge that. Because it's not a sensation. It's not a, you know, trumpets don't start blowing. This was ordinary. Why why don't I hear before? Why don't don't I? And then you, oh, you lost it. (laughs) 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 So it's something to just kind of acknowledge in terms of of, uh, there's an energy there what I call an energetic reference, the energy suddenly goes from into a place of oof, released and calm and clear. And it's not just the calm of, of an easy, tranquil rhythm. It's more re- release, calm, anyway. You, you, I'm sure you experience this from time to time. So there's that reference, and then learning to refer to what's it, what's it, being, what's it like when we're lost, and we what's the moment we'd recognize we've lost mindfulness and awareness so sort of spinning and then the patterning of anxiety or um, you know fantasies of some kind or another and then maybe some moment of waking up then a bit of blaming and punishing going on so so what's happening is, is when you, you lose it, you get the primary loss or the primary patterning. So it move, moves into one's reaching out bit, or there is that movement into the reaching out, or the movement into the withdrawing. And then the secondary patterning comes in. Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You know what's happening. so, you, so then then okay, the secondary patterning says meditate or whatever it is. So you come back in on that one. Um The problem is that it 's actually you, you, when it's compounded, so you 've got the, the basic thing hasn't been really resolved just put another layer on top of it my meditating self comes in and as a quick review of, my meditation has gone a, a messy again and then decide do something about it you know, which you know it's not entirely inappropriate but it's okay when we're dealing with kind of just purely circumstantial topical things you know like, like just the busyness the flustriness and just 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 relax you just just you don't need to think about that now tomorrow will do you know so you're kind of blowing away the dust because when it's just circumstantial uh, conditioning, then you can dispel it from that particular place. Right. You are okay. You put that aside. You did switch the gas off before you came. You know, you did have to give the dog. Somebody else look after the dog. Fine. Stop worrying. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's when must say topical, or you're really tired and worn out and uh, feeling exhausted. And so you say, okay, well, just take a rest now, or pull yourself up, open your eyes. This is all fine. You're dealing with that particular part of. Conditioning. Then you come into, it's not entirely clear, but you come into something that's a little less topical, that may have a topic to it, but it's got a kind of very powerful, repetitive swelling up. Like you keep going there again and again and again, it's kind of hypnotic, it catches and it's again and it feels big. And this, even though it may have a topical thing to it, like, you know, my mother or my dog or whatever. Actually, you know, this is um, you know mistrust or fear or anxiety or you know, so so you begin to okay, can I really just be aware of that? So we take the thing is to take away the, the topic and try to go to the the emotion and then from the emotion, say the worrying or the doubting or the craving, whatever it is, passions of some kind, From there, awareness over the energy of it, you know, the constricting, the flaring, the, it may, you may feel it sort of moving in your guts, or up in your throat, or in your head, okay. spreading awareness over it, and then breathing in, breathing out. So, you almost learn to, that layer of it, learn to take a photograph of the experience, of being of being out of it rather than the reaction you know, reaction with oh, wrong stop it you know, that reaction is has some use to it as a, as a so if you're really about to do something uh, unskillful stop this is not on yeah but we aim to cultivate so that this Topical, immediate level is something that we are, have worked through. It's no longer uh, really alive for us. This is the point of doing a longer retreat. So you come down to much more fundamental patterns of uh, anxiety, um, needs of various kinds that uh, come welling up, generally with some you know, history stuck on top of them. Uh, and then the practice, as I said, is to just put aside the story, and go to the, the the mood, the feeling, and then the 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 energy of that, the pressure of that, expanding awareness over that. Uh, so it's like we just hold the space. And the idea, the aim of this is then that that um, instead of just this frustrating process that one can experience of you know, continual... You're going all right, and then something comes up, and you're off. Okay, so you go back again to the starter's line, to the starting blocks. You know, if you, okay, here we go. Breathing, breathing, up. May I be well, maybe well. And then you come to Okay, settling down, then whoop, out again. Oh, back to the starting block. Counting the breaths, one, two, three. Okay, here we go. Settling down, whoops, out again. Okay, back to the... <laughs> Back to the, to the start as well, was again, um, let me think. Um, breathing in, breathing it one, two, three, I've done that one. Uh, and so on. So you, you think, ah, it's, I can't do this stuff. Um, so yeah, the idea is that you know, at a certain point you recognize, well, this, one, this one's got something in it. You know, how is that in my, in my body? How is that in the embodied sense? may take a little moment or two. So we don't try and rush out of it. So you might ask yourself, in a way, using this quality vichara, we're looking in terms of pressure, in terms of movement. Suddenly you feel really quite light up top and quite heavy down below. Or you feel quite pressed in in certain places, certain areas. And there's that, and then you can you come, what does this thing need? We need a bit of space, we need to lift, something needs to move. And without doing anything, just acknowledging that, with a sense of, you know, heartfulness, kindness, compassion, empathy, the energy actually shifts by itself. Because it's like, you are know, Basic intelligence, not your secondary learn intelligence, but your fundamental, you know, birth intelligence as a human being senses. So I don't need to do that. Oof. And it, it moves. It's rather like um, you know, standing up and finding balance. You're standing and you ask your body, is it all right? No, wait a minute. That's it. You don't do it, you, you set up the question uh, and the confidence that you know, the body can do it, and then it finds the, its balance. So this is similar to how one redresses some of these uh, sankharas. So it's not a matter of cutting them off. It's we, we maybe cut them off at a topical level, but not cutting them off at a, at a fundamental level, you, you allow them to, to you allow yourself to come out of them as the, the, the uh, density or the spun out state. And th- so this is something you can do in, in the embodied sense particularly, because it's just feeling things out energetically in terms of presence I and mean, not, nothing happening up here. Ah, oh, that's, where, that's where it needs to move, and it moves. It's really uh, wonderful to see, to begin to recognize just how much intelligence there is there. You know, when, when one stops trying to be smart about it or figure it out... <laughs> This talk was given by Ajahn Susido at Insight Meditation Society on April 27, 2005. It is an offering of the Dharma